when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu, and on this week's episode of the Recap Show, I have in studio at Stephen LeBron. Um, should we should we not say your government name or no government name? So. Okay, Alex Alex Wong, writer at Places Bylines, GQ Slam, New Yorker, Yahoo Sports, New York Times. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you, Will. Shout out Joe Wolfon. Yeah, shout out Joe Wolfon right off the bat. And cash too. Um, so, what are we going to talk about this week's episode? Um, we're going to get a lot of behind the scenes stuff because you're around the Raptors a lot, and uh, I believe you were the one who broke the news that uh, Kawhi was appearing on How Hungry Are You. So, we'll talk about that. But let's first talk about uh, another report out of the Raptors right now from Josh Lundberg at TSN. It dropped, uh, I guess, Tuesday or Monday afternoon that uh, the Raptors are quote unquote increasingly confident in re-signing Kawhi Leonard. Their pitch basically is that they've had a year to build trust with him. Um, you know, they've built familiarity with the program. The health has been a huge factor, obviously, with uh, Alex McKechnie leading the charge there. And also, you know, no big deal, but there's an extra $50 million that the Raptors can offer that other teams can't put on the table this summer. Um, I mean, what are you hearing about? What are you hearing, Asian Woj, about uh, <laughs> about Kawhi Leonard and his chances of re-signing with the Raptors? First of all, my Asian Woj only pertains to how hungry are you but i i do i read josh's article and you know i do agree that i think people if you just talk to them in general do feel like that it's not some kind of foregone conclusion like everyone is saying that on july 1st Kawhi is just gonna sign with the clippers and you know the one thing that josh's article made a really good point of is that all of these things the familiarity working with him on this load management program like if this is the stuff that he cares about and the 50 million, right, then the Raptors obviously have a chance, right? Like I would put them in the driver's seat. But if his plan and Kawhi's people, his uncle and everything want him to be in LA and he wants to go to California, then none of this stuff matters, right? So that's like, that's honestly like that's all it comes down to. Um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, right? And I think the Raptors, uh, as you pointed out, like they've made their pitch as best as possible, right? Like, not only have they taken care of his health and built trust, which is obviously a big thing. That's obviously we'll never know definitively what happened with uh, between the Spurs and Kawhi, but it, it seemed like the falling out was over differences in terms of um, how much uh, they were respecting his health and how much Kawhi has wanted to basically preserve that. And um, you know the Raptors have done a good job with that. But I mean, you know, the Raptors have also made a good pitch. Like they, they've been ambitious, right? They went out and made win now trades. They brought in steady veterans who, like, you know, Marcus All, for example. They obviously showed a lot of ambition to go upgrade the team at the trade deadline. Um, you know, they already have an established core. Uh, Kyle obviously has been, you know, pretty good. And I think him and Kawhi have gotten closer as the year has gone on. And um, and you just look at it. This is this team is very good. And one of the things that, that also really stands out to me is just, like, how many things that broke right for the Raptors, right? Like, you look at the team. He's, like, really good friends with Serge Ibaka. Right? Mm -hmm. When the Raptors signed Serge Ibaka or traded for him back in like 2017, they didn't think, oh, down the line, Kawhi's going to be here and they're going to be great friends and he's going to call him Cape Town or whatever. Serge has like earned his money. Oh, definitely. Just by being in this place this year and yep. creating that friendship with Kawhi. Yeah, definitely. I, I haven't made a single joke about his contract, uh, which is completely fair for a guy of his uh, talents. But um, And no, Pascal too, right? Pascal like, is, I feel like, I don't know if you agree with me, but I feel like we should talk about Pascal like even more than we are. Like, the fact that if Kawhi's looking at this from a basketball perspective, an on-court perspective, 
and he's trying to win championships and he wants to contend. I mean, you can talk about like his chemistry with Kyle, but you don't know like Kyle's going into the last year of his contract next year. He just turned 33 yesterday. I don't know. Like Kyle's probably not in the long, long-term plans of this team, right? But, you know, you go forward with Pascal, you know, wherever like OG develops into. And the fact, like you mentioned, right? Like the Raptors have this program in place to manage his health going forward if he wants. And, you know, it's just like stuff that people shouldn't overlook too. Like the Raptors and MLSE, like they're willing to spend the money, right? Like if you, if you know, if Kawhi wants that max contract and they need to spend, et cetera, et cetera, and go into luxury tax and things like that. Like that's been an issue with teams in the past, right? Like mm-hmm. you've seen certain teams like OKC had to break up their team because they were worried about being up in the tax, right? Like yeah. so many years ago. Like these things shouldn't be taken for granted either. Like I feel like Kawhi probably sees this organization as a place that, that is willing to do all these things. And you might not get that sometimes, right? And stability and everything, like you talk about all the free agents that are thinking about maybe going to the Knicks, right? Mm -hmm. Like, look at the Knicks organization versus the Raptors organization, right? Like, what does, what do the Raptors, like, when Masai sits down on July 1st, what does he really need to sell? Nothing at that point. I mean, he's he's already done everything at that point, right? He just needs to put the max contract on the table. Um, To the question on the max contract, and this might sound absurd because Kawhi, obviously, healthy is, like, top five NBA player, um, arguably top three at times. Do you have any reservation that because he does have this degenerative health issue, are you at all concerned about giving him a five-year max contract based on the fact that, look, you're probably going to have to load manage 15 to 20 games every year? I don't. And, I mean, part of that is just because, you know, who else are the Raptors going to be able to get of a player of that caliber, right? And that's why you trade DeMar and bring in a guy like that so you can pitch him for a year, right? Because it's not like... Guys like Kyrie or KD or whoever you want to put as like a tier one free agent is going to take a meeting with the Raptors, right? Or at least we don't think, right? What about Gravis Vasquez being best friends with Kevin Durant and, and Drake shouting Yo, out whatever, Kevin Durant? Whatever happened to that, man? People keep selling us lies. Drake really got hit with a fine, <laughs> a tampering fine. Because he got the crowd at OVO to chant KD's name. Yo, KD wore a David Price Blue Jays jersey. Yeah, what do you think? And he hung out happen? with DeMar. Like, that, did you expect like Raptors Reddit to not blow up? Yeah, exactly. Shout but out Raptors I'm... Reddit. I have no reservations about that. Obviously, it's a risk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you should pretend that it's not. But that's also a risk that they're mitigating by putting him on this low management plan. And am I cool with him sitting out, like, playing 55, 60 games a season? Yes. And I think... Okay, well, well, okay. okay not, not 60 games a season. <laughs> no, but, like, you know, like, playing 60. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, playing yeah. 60 okay, games yeah, yeah. A, during yeah. the regular season? Of course. And I think that's why, like, this playoffs is, like, so interesting. Because if they lose, say, to the Sixers in the second round, mm-hmm. then there's going to be so much backlash, right? Like if 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 it's like a chemistry issue or whatever you want to call it that that gets them eliminated, mm-hmm. people are going to be able to look back with the hindsight and be like, oh well, look, this didn't work. But you know, if and I'm expecting them to to be play really well, especially Kawhi in the playoffs. Like if it goes well, you know, they make the conference finals or they make the finals, then. If this is a plan going forward, like I'm perfectly fine with it. Championship teams don't care about the regular season. The Raptors are treating mm-hmm. the regular season in a way, not like as disrespectful as like the Warriors are with the regular season, but like championship teams, they prepare for the playoffs, right? And the Raptors see themselves as a championship team. So why care about the regular season? Yeah, and I don't think it's a coincidence that, um, you know, after the Raptors have battled so many injuries, like they're among the top, they've been among the top five to 10 teams and, you know, games lost to injury, but. Right now, the Raptors are completely healthy yeah. at the right time. And you look at what's going on with the Bucks. You look at what's going on with the Sixers to some extent. You look at what's going on with, um, you know, Kyrie Irving and Al Horford sort of, you know, wearing down a little bit in in Boston. Like, yeah, I mean, you want to you want to you want to make sure you prioritize. And I think that going back to what you said about Pascal, like that's why Pascal is so important because at the end of the day, you still need a guy who can, you know, who has young, fresh legs who can carry you through a lot of these games where Kawhi is load managing. And I think. You know, I mean, someone should really track down the the correct stats on this, but I feel like Pascal is averaging close to twenty points a game whenever Kawhi sits. Like, one, remember when Kawhi sat against the Wizards and he had mm-hmm. forty four points? Mm-hmm. Like, no one thought this was possible with Pascal. And if you feel like the Raptors have this developmental core in place where you can get guys like Pascal to take the leap, then why couldn't that happen with more of the prospects? Right? Like, you look at a guy like OG, for example. Yeah, I think he's had a disappointing year, and and Nurse has talked about it repeatedly about how. You know, OG will have a lot of good games, and then you have some bad games, and it'll just like sort of corrupt the whole thing. And his whole thing right now is trying to get him to limit the bad games. Like, I feel like the same was said about you know Pascal last year, and you know I, I think in terms of ability, OG and Pascal are 
at least where they started from, like pretty similar. Yeah, I think the the thing with OG too, like obviously he was dealing with some personal things during training camp. So like that disrupted like the rhythm of how his season started. And like people forget too that he was a starter last year, right? Mm-hmm. And this year he's been thrusted into a different role. And I think like sometimes those things just kind of snowball. Like it's hard to like, once your season and your rhythm gets thrown off at the start of training camp and you're in a new role, like the season just keeps going. Like yeah, it, it doesn't definitely. wait. It doesn't wait for you, right? Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of like Norm last year. Yeah, I remember the start of last year. Like Norm was supposed to be in the starting lineup, and, and then OG then, took his spot. OG took his spot. Now he had to go to the bench, and then you know, and the way Norm is, like he probably like worked too hard in a way, right? Like mm-hmm. he pressed too much, and you see Norm now, like this year, like you know he's relaxed. Yeah, you know he's 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 he, he's in his role. I mean, still inconsistent sometimes, obviously, but like he's. That's just his game, to be honest. Yeah, that's just his game, but, like, he's way more comfortable this year, right? So this might be just a case of, you know, like, I think you mentioned, too. Like, right now, you just need OG to be a 3 and D guy. That's it. In the playoffs, especially, right? Come off the bench, be that guy. Mm -hmm. Knock down shots. Don't try to do anything that you can't do, like, outside of your comfort zone. (laughs) That that is the thing with OG. (laughs) I'm not trying to tell him to just stand in the corner, but, like, you know. He gets really enthusiastic at times. Yeah, but, like. I think it's another thing, right? Like if if Kawhi comes back, obviously Pascal is at his level right now and probably going higher. Mm-hmm. And then you've got OG, and the Raptors have a team that can win fifty games without Kawhi in the regular season, which is basically what they're doing this year. Right, and that's all they need to do. And that's all they need to do because that's another thing that you said about like things have worked out. A lot of things have worked out for the Raptors. Is this load management thing would be under the microscope a lot more if they were like a sixth seed right now? Oh yeah, for right? sure. Because like they've done what they needed to do in the regular season, mm-hmm. right? They've got the number two seed. Some people might want them to be the number one seed, but, but I personally don't really care. But who cares? I don't care. Like, they've done what they needed to do. They've shown Kawhi in a way that, like, you know, without you, we have this core, right? Right. And with you, like, let's see what the playoff team is going to look like. Right, for sure. Um, You're at the arena a lot more than I am. Do you know where Lawrence Frank is sitting at? And have you actually ran into Lawrence Frank at the ACC? The only time I ran into Lawrence Frank, I was in the same room as him at All-Star Weekend at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Wow. So he was there because I think Ralph Lawler was the Clippers yeah, yeah. broadcaster was yeah. being inducted. Oh, me, oh, my. Yeah. So, you know, I felt some tension between Lawrence and I. Okay. Yeah, you, I feel like I felt like you could cut the, you know, the tension, <laughs> cut the tension in the room with a knife. Um, might be just me. Wow. But I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes, like I see a guy that looks like Lawrence Frank in the catwalk, like uh, like right, you know, right, right, yeah, yeah, But yeah. like you know, I don't, I don't know. But the Clippers are always there, mm-hmm. like the scouts, whatever they may be. And mm-hmm. you know, Steve Ballmer showed up right. earlier this year, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he was like, oh, he, his whole thing was like, oh, I'm with the Clippers on the road trip. So then he like four appearances showed up in Detroit the like the game before that, just just so it wasn't just yeah. Toronto. He's like, oh no no no, I, I, I'm here to see Tom Gore. Is like, yeah. Uh, oh, an opposing. And, when does an opposing yeah. owner like make himself so visible? courtside at an opposing team's game. Yeah, it's like unless it's like Mark Cuban who like has a track record of doing this. Like, yeah, this is this is it. Anyways, um, I mean, I'm pers- I'm biased obviously, but I'm really rooting for the Clippers to not succeed in their plan. I just think it would be kind of funny. Yeah, likewise. likewise. Plus they can get someone else. <laughs> I mean, how much help does Lee Jenkins need, you know? Like <laughs> I do feel like Lee Jenkins going there and how much Lee was adored with the media has helped with how much good press the Clippers have had. Like objectively the Clippers are a nice success story, but I feel like uh, that's not a coincidence there. Um, one reason that got me really hopeful for why Kawhi might resign, aside from the fact that my career is now tied to this, but you know, regardless, b- besides that, um, was the fact that uh, Kawhi did appear on How Hungry Are You. I mean, look, man, you're not going to go eat worms with Serge Ibaka if you're not resigning with the Raptors. Let's be real. Let's be real. Alex, just tell us right now what was said. What was said after that teaser? Well- Oh, the Kawhi teaser, right? Yeah. I can't say that. That's, wow. That's, wow. I got to no comment you. I got to big time you. Why, why else would we have you on this podcast? <laughs> I called you I Asian thought, Woj for nothing. I thought we were friends, man. You're Asian Shams. I thought we were friends. Actually, Shams is Asian. But, um, <laughs> so Kawhi did go on How Hungry Are You mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was last week, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yeah, it was a big deal, I think. It so broke first, the so, internet. Like it literally... Yeah. So first of all, like yeah. I've, I help out like behind the scenes with the show, just mm-hmm. with some scripting and things like that. Right. And so I was there, and I know that Serge and his people have been trying to get Kawhi on the show for uh, most of the regular season. Uh, definitely. And the schedule finally lined up, and it worked out. And it felt like an event too, man. Like yeah. you know, I've been around. Were you tense in that in that room? I was intense, um, but like it, I just think there was. I mean, this sounds. I don't know if this sounds corny, but like there was a buzz. 
Yeah. Like if just oh. it's just just like there was a buzz when he walked in. Yeah. Like it was different from when like Kyle or like Jeremy <laughs> Lin walked in. Like it was just it's just another How dare level. you say that about Jeremy? We got to stay behind Jeremy at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This we still stand time. Jeremy. We still stand Jeremy. We'll talk about Jeremy. Shout out Jeremy and Jin. Um yeah, okay. But yeah, he was there and you know what? He was very open, he was very candid. Mm-hmm. I know Kyle was on Danny Green's podcast yesterday and yeah, he right said here. that Kawhi wasn't isn't as quiet as you think he is, right? Yeah, you got that from my Twitter account. By I the way. did, I yeah, did. Sources, right. I was here. I was here. Sources, William Liu, but Kawhi is a regular dude. Yeah, and I think I don't. We like to make jokes. I mean, I love to make my Kawhi jokes, but like, I think it's just a matter of him choosing what to show mm-hmm. to the media, which I respect. Like, I don't think you need to be an open book. Yeah, I don't need to get Instagram all the time. That's right. That's right. Like you of you of all people relate to that. I already and, share enough of my life. So yeah, I don't know. Like obviously, I don't want to say like everything that he talked about like mm-hmm. on the show because that's like for when the show comes out. And I think that episode is going to come out um, right at the start of the playoffs or near. Okay. The start of the playoffs. All right. But he was. Is he going to drop it at one a.m. like he did with the Gasol <laughs> brothers? Because I swear to God, I was on Serge Ibaka's YouTube page. And trying to refresh the YouTube app at least like six times throughout the day. And I went to sleep and I was like, this is disappointing. And then the last thing I did, I, re- I looked at one more time and I was like, wow, there he is with the Gasol brothers eating cow heart. He did answer a lot of fun questions. He talked about like his favorite actors, movies. Mm-hmm. He talked about Toronto probably more than he has. He addressed his garage, his infamous garage to garage yeah, comment. Yeah. So he's in the path. <laughs> like this is like this is like the this is like the Pokemon forums where you can like you understand where to find Suicune. Like this is like if you want to find Kawhi, you gotta just hang out in the path between Bay Station and Yeah, so he talked about Toronto and he <laughs> okay. talked about a lot of things and then he tried some food. Nice, nice. He, Don't spoil um, what the food is. Yeah, yeah, can't spoil any of that. But yeah, no, he was like very he was a very he was very candid. And you get you get the sense just from watching the way Serge and Kawhi interact that they have built up a friendship. And, like, I don't know. If, like, obviously, that's not going to be the X factor of not gonna stay for resigning. Surge. But, um, you know, I think that stuff matters, too. So. Yeah, for sure. Like, right? him and Norm get along because they have, like, a history with San Diego. That's like what that, I'm right? saying. Like, how lucky was it that they also have Norm and Norm's mom has been, t- like, apparently in Kawhi's mom's ear because they know each other. Yeah. And they're like, hey, man, Toronto's great. I mean, yeah. the organization's yeah. great. They've taken care of Norm. They gave yeah. him a contract even though they didn't really have to give him that much money. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Norm's there. Yeah, and Kawhi's locker room is next to uh, Patrick McCaw's and OG's. Okay. And after games, like, they're always chatting. Like, That's whether th- talking about, like, you know, their favorite hip-hop albums or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, new thing that just dropped. Right. Like, I, I think I always hear kind of OG recommending things for Kawhi. Yeah. Like, he's comfortable in there. But, I mean, again, like, I don't want to – I don't think we should, like, oversell some yeah, of this stuff. Because, sure. like, guys are going to get along, right? Like, yeah. Like, it's not hard to get along with a but guy I mean, like Kawhi. Well, the, guy, well the, the thing, right? Like, there's the perception of Kawhi that always makes him out to be some sort of, um, like, a – like he's distant like he's distant from the rest of the team and yeah that happened last year obviously like to the point where they had to call a team meeting and ask him if he was going to come back right yeah and then right afterwards tony parker was like i mean my quad injury is a hundred times worse and i'm a hundred years old so i don't know why you're not playing it's carrying us to the finals one last time before i think retires well put it this way like when when the team traded for Kawhi last summer Mm -hmm. if you know someone told you that they would be in this position right now with all the different dynamics that's happening and all the things that we talked about. I think this is like almost near like best case scenario, no? Yeah, exactly. Right? The Raptors are so good. I mean, they've even gone through a lot of adversity with injuries and things like that. That like, you know, last year, for example, the Raptors are one of the healthiest teams in the league. And this year, you know, they've had, they basically haven't had, you know, their full squad um, since I think the Phoenix game, mm-hmm. which just seems like forever ago. And, uh, and, and they still, they, they're still like, they have the second best record in the NBA and, you know they're in a good spot, and so no, it's it's a good pitch. I, I have other questions uh, about how hungry are you aside from uh, Kawhi's appearance. Actually, I guess I'll talk about. Let me ask you about the Jeremy and Kyle's appearances as well. Obviously, they weren't touted as highly, but um, I, to me, me yesterday I was in the studio here, like this exact studio where they were filming, like inside the green room. Which, by the way, you should definitely listen to that episode with with Kyle. This is not just me shilling for the company; like it's legitimately a great episode. But you're also shilling. Well, you know they, they do pay me, but. Um, it was just it really struck me how different like athletes sort of 
how open athletes get when they're talking to each other as compared to when they talk to the media and how forward facing everything is right because like they're sort of a and that's i think that's why we're so lucky to have a show like inside the green room and also um how hungry are you because like you know you get to see athletes kind of interact with each other and in a more um open and transparent way and uh so how were the jeremy and kyle episodes just to just to tease those two yeah and that's a really good point before i talk about jeremy and kyle it's like People saw the teaser with Serge and Kawhi of Serge asking Kawhi if he's going to come back to Toronto, right? That's a question that if, like, I sat down with Kawhi There's for no a podcast. Way. I mean, you could ask it, but, you know, probably wouldn't you yeah. answer a question. Like, Kawhi gave, I mean, obviously Kawhi didn't say yes or no, but he wow. he gave an answer that, he gave an answer. Okay. Like, an actual wow. answer. Like, you know, like a productive answer, I would say. Um, With Jeremy and Kyle, you know, Jeremy, obviously, it was fun, you know. Um, he had his, did he get served hot soup? Um, he, he got, so I, I was in charge of scripting the questions and the food. Okay. So they will be very Asian tailored. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm imagining Serge speaking Cantonese. <laughs> oh yeah. Serge, Serge might be speaking some Mandarin on that episode. Oh my God. Is uh, one thing that I will tease. And, you know, uh, you know, obviously I, I don't want to spoil everything, but they Did also that at Rosan? So, so there were several Rosan references. Oh my god! And most of them came from well, actually all of them came from Surge. Um, wow! And so Jeremy had his, I believe, manager that mm-hmm. was there with him, right? And they also wanted to film content for his kind of own social and his uh, Asian audience. Mm-hmm. So they got like after we finished filming the actual episode, Surge and Jeremy filmed some stuff for the Asian audience, and it was funny because. Some of the stuff Jeremy had to explain to Serge that people in Asia, their sense of humor is a little different. Oh, okay. So whether it's like, you know, when it comes to food, right? Yeah. If it's like, if Jeremy is like feeding Serge a particular type of food, like they will find that like to be like the funniest thing. Mm -hmm. So I had to get, so I had to prep Serge a little. He had to prep Serge a little about Uh why we're doing some of these goofy things. You know what I mean? I see, I see. Um, So that was fun. Um, Kyle was good too. You know, I think you probably saw the same Kyle yesterday with Danny. He was in a great mood. I mean, it was his birthday and everything, but he yeah. was in a great mood. Yeah, and then Kyle has built up a friendship with Serge too, because it's been, right. I guess, this is their second full season together now. Uh-huh. So, you know, they talked about Kawhi. They talked about Allen Iverson. Talked about uh, Kyle's mom. Yeah. And just, you know, got into a lot of things. And obviously, like, the show gets edited down. Not a lot of stuff makes it in, but I, right. I, I feel like I mean I'm biased because I scripted the questions, but mm-hmm. I feel like the conversations are, are really good on these episodes. Wow, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean I'm 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 very excited. I, I, I the season two of How Hungry. By the way, the the production of it has improved. I feel like, and the way it's been put out has improved. Nice. I mean, like that teaser with Kawhi is, is brilliant. I, I still I'm a little bit suspicious. It does seem like it was edited a little bit. The question, but. I guess I'll, I'll wait to see. Yeah, that, I can't. Actually. I can't confirm or yeah. deny if that pause mm-hmm. was edited. Wow. Um, okay, I got some questions specific about the show. Okay. One. Can that, I? I might no comment some of these. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> One. Does Serge Ibaka actually cook all the food? Serge is involved in the cooking process. Ah, okay. Mm. Wow. All right. <laughs> How do you like being big time right now? Two. Does Serge play Mafuzi style by Daju? In the kitchen while he cooks. Serge likes to play his own music, whether it's that song or... He, he likes to play music while okay. he's cooking. He's always asking the film crew if it's okay what, if to play music. Because sometimes okay. they might not it's want house, music as far as... Yeah, oh, but like okay. he loves he loves to like have a good time while he's prepping the food. Okay. Um, three, what happens to the food after the shoot? Most of us try the food. So, really? Yeah, all of us that are that are there, like the film crew, wow. myself and other people. Serge has a thing where he'll always make us try it. Mm-hmm. I personally just don't even wait for him to ask. Like once the yeah. guest is going. You're like, like, oh, there's chicken feet? Yeah, I'm like, down. I'm like, yeah, whatever is on the plate. Straight up dim sum item. Like I'll eat it. So I've tried everything that's been on the show that I've been okay. a part of. Well, so. f- well the, how's the flavor? That's one, th- that's the one question they never ask. They're always like, oh, wow, they've eaten it, right? But the flavor, we don't really know. Is it just salt and pepper? Does it taste salt like... Salt and fil- pepper. Salt and pepper, baby. Does it taste like filet mignon? Um, many things that he, he makes taste like filet mignon. Yeah. yeah, okay. Salt and pepper, though, all day. Yeah. I think Serge has embraced the salt and pepper thing. Yeah. Like, it's, become a, self, it's become a self-aware thing. Now. Good, good. 
Because, because, like, I mean, I don't know. It, I feel like the ingredients have gotten better too. Because, like, at, at the f- the first episode, it was like Dollarama salt and pepper. Like, you could just tell that it was just freshly purchased. And this is the thing I try to tell Serge. And you're too. squeezing herbs out of a, a, a <laughs> like a herb paste. Like, why are you not using fresh herbs? You're just it's like it's like glue almost. But anyway, this is the thing I try to tell Serge too. Is that the show? Obviously, the cooking element is cool, but the show really is driven by his personality. Yes, for sure. Like. I think, you know, people see Serge maybe a particular way on the court. He can be a very, like, intense guy, right? But right. to see him, like, you know, in his own element. Playful. Yeah, and it goes back to what you said, right? Like, when these guys are in their own kind of zone, mm-hmm. they're able to be themselves. And it's super cool for him to kind of use his access to bring in these guys, right? And I think Raptors fans really appreciate it. Definitely. Like, look at the lineup that he's lining up for this kind of season two, right? Yeah. He got Mark with Pal, Jeremy, Kyle, Kawhi, he's already gotten pretty much the rest of the team yeah. on the show before. Like, yeah, So uh, Pat McCaw and Jody Meeks not coming on the show? That's unfortunate. I wanted to see Jody Meeks like eat a cricket or something. Yeah, Jody Meeks eating a cricket, I mean, that still might happen. Uh, he might be too busy taking Jeremy Lin's minutes. Wow. Okay, we'll talk about Jeremy. Um, but yeah, there's a, this, is, this, is, this is great insight. I mean, look, personally, I love the show. I, I, for, the, for the purpose of this podcast, I went back and rewatched every single episode. Um, but also it was just for my own personal enjoyment because it's a great show and it's made me appreciate Serge a lot more. Like, um, and I think it's done the same thing for fans. Like Serge is gone last year. He was a little bit disappointing in terms of how the fan base would have received him. Um, and to be honest, how he played, but then, you know, with the show coming out and how much he's defended cry and also how much he's, you know, done better in a different role. Like, uh, people love Serge, man. Serge is one of the most popular Raptors on the, on the team now, which would have sounded, uh, kind of hard to believe last year at, or around March. So, um, by the way, yeah, I have Raptors signed Jody Meeks on this list, but I don't think we want to talk about this too much. Um, so let's just let's just go let's just go on uh, as two Asians. Let's talk about watching Jeremy Lin struggle for the Raptors. Uh, he's so close to home now, but uh, I don't know. For me personally, it's just been you know obviously like you you will cover the team as a, you know as object uh, as objectively as you can and. You know, you you root for everyone's success, but I mean, at the same time, just watching Jeremy because of how isolated he is, because of the spotlight on him, it it has been really really tough. Because I did have some, I was really excited when the Raptors signed Jeremy Lin. Right, it was at a time when the Raptors needed a backup point guard. We didn't know Fred was going to be hurt for a month at that time, but still, it, it felt like Jeremy was going to step in and do a lot of what Delon Wright was supposed to do, especially offensively. And it just hasn't quite panned out. And um, you know, I, I know Lin works really hard, and I know you know Lin a lot better than I do. Um, but I, I know Jeremy puts a lot of pressure on himself. I know Jeremy works really hard, and just just speak to his mindset through throughout this whole thing because I think it's uh, it's it's got to be really tough on him. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's tough because when he came here after his first game, he talked to the reporters after the game, and he talked about how excited he was after all the injuries that he's had to deal with the last couple of years to finally be on a winning team. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you forget, like he hasn't been to the playoffs. I think since he was with Charlotte. Yeah, and they were like a first run out. He is, hasn't is been that the year the, they lost to the Heat. And yeah, they lost to the Heat in seven games, I think. Right. Um, I don't think Jer- yeah Jeremy's never been to the second round because you know he was hurt. Well, well yeah, like the, the modern day Tracy McGrady. Houston, he got knocked out by Dame Lillard. Right. Dame Dame hit that shot in yep. Game Six. So he was so excited to be part of this winning team. He even you know said he feels like he was cheating a little bit, just like joining a fifty win team and like you know towards the end of the season. And, you know, I, I think you kind of nailed it in that he's the type of player that will be really hard on himself mm-hmm. once he's not playing well. And, and I think he so desperately wanted to make a good first impression when he came here, right? Yeah, for sure. And so it's tough. And he had a window there. You know, Kyle was hurt. Fred was out mm-hmm. to kind of make his mark a little bit. And, you know, he obviously didn't outside of a few, you know, decent shooting games. And now it looks like the playoff rotation is going to be settled and it's gonna be tough for him to get minutes right so yeah i don't know it's disappointing it's fun following him on like social and like instagram and seeing him check out restaurants around the city in toronto feel Mm -hmm. like he's taking advantage of that his mom was here for his first game so i mean otherwise i think like in general i mean i think the teammates really like having him around i think anyone that you talk to about jeremy like once nba guys get to know jeremy i feel like and it's not just because he's asian i know it's probably easy for us to say too that like they probably find him to be like a breath of fresh air or to be a little different because he is different. But like, I think it's just his personality. 
Yeah. Like he makes people feel really comfortable. And For I think sure. people see how hard he works. Yeah. Serge talked a little bit about that too. When uh, Jeremy came through for How Hungry Are You was that mm-hmm. he was really impressed with his work ethic. Mm-hmm. And I think that type of stuff makes players really respect him. And he's just a really good guy to have in the room. But yeah, like the on-court stuff, you wish he was playing better. But it looks like maybe like the window has closed now for him to try right. to get those extra minutes that might have been there, right? Right. But, I mean, he's still going to be a great guy to have in the locker room in terms of just keeping everyone level-headed. And um, and who knows? you got to stay ready in the playoffs, too, because, you know, like we didn't see last year Bebe, for example. Which, by the way, what's, what's happened to Bebe recently has been really mm-hmm. sad. He's come out recently and, and talked about how he's battled, like, uh, alcoholism and depression and things like that. So we're hoping for the best for Bebe and that he can pull through. Um, and because he is a very talented player, but I mean, like seriously, like, like no one saw Bebe coming in. Like, was a game one where he came in and made a huge impact for the Raptors, right? Yeah, and like you know what I mean. And so you just have to stay ready. Like there is probably going to be a moment where Jeremy will have a, a part to play in the playoffs, even if it's something small. And, and I hope he does well with it because if I'm looking at Jeremy Lin's career right now, like it, it is a little bit concerning that like I'm not entirely convinced that he will get another shot in the NBA. I think he should because. Um, you know, what he showed before the injury and then what he showed since the injury, at least with Atlanta, like he was still a productive player. And it's one thing to be like, you know, come in the middle of the season as a third guard for uh, a contending team and, you know, struggle in that role. Like a lot of players will struggle in that role, but I think Jeremy should still have a part to play. And it would be really be a shame if the NBA lost Jeremy after this, after the season, because I think he still deserves to at least have one or two more years at this whole thing. I think too what he did in Atlanta, and you hear guys like Trey Young talking about it after. It's yeah. like he can be a really good vet, yeah, for a young team. And obviously, I think at this age, he probably wants to be in a situation where he's winning in the playoffs and competing. But you know, you don't get to choose those things a lot of times. So if it's a matter of him being on a younger team, rebuilding on the come up, and he's just a guy that's playing like twenty minutes off the bench and just being a good kind of mentor mm-hmm. to the younger guys, like I feel like he still has that role to play if he wants. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're going to take a quick break right here, and then when we come back, we are going to rank the Raptors in terms of playoff trustworthiness. This is one of the conversations we had during uh, the Raptors' win over the Warriors at uh, Scotiabank earlier in the year. So I wanted to continue that conversation after we take this quick break. Welcome back to the Raptors Recap Podcast. Still here with Alex. Um, we're going to rank the Raptors in terms of playoff trustworthiness. And the reason I put this on the list was because we were watching, I think, the game of the year, at least for the Raptors fans, was Raptors, Warriors. No Steph, but KD won for 51. Kawhi, I think, had like 38. Pascal had a great game as well. And um, it was a great overtime victory at home. Uh, and I think maybe down the fourth quarter there, there were some hairy moments. I remember Kyle specifically turned down an open shot, and I think CJ was in the game maybe. And uh, I think you turned him in, you're like, man, it's really just the Spurs guys I really trust. And I and, and it has kind of stuck with me ever since because, like, you know, there is kind of, as Draymond Green once famously said, there are 82-game players and there are 16-game players. And the Raptors, I think this year more than ever, actually have a team with more 16-game players than 82-game players. And um, so let's just rank them all in terms of playoff trustworthiness. All right, so I'll give you the first pick. Okay. Can I can I go one A, one B, and one C? Yeah, <laughs> there's like fine. three guys that I trust. The top of the list is pretty top, easy. very top. Like I would go Kawhi, Danny, and Mark. Yeah, is my the three guys that when they're on the floor in like the fourth quarter of games, mm-hmm. like there's just a level of comfort that I think you would agree with me that you've never had watching the Raptors. No. Never. I mean, the thing with Kawhi, like, people do, like, t- people start taking offense to, like, okay, he, like, takes isolation shots or whatever, but, like, it, are, are we kidding me? Like, Kawhi's true shooting percentage in the clutch the narrows this year is, like, 60%. He's had multiple game winners. I don't even know what else and, you want from him. And he's playing probably at, I would say, he's he's not coasting, mm-hmm. but he's playing at, like, 70%. Yeah. Which is why, like, I have been telling everyone that it would not surprise me if he averaged, like, 40 points in the first round. It, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it does feel like he can do it. Like I'm thinking more closer, like 35, even. But like if you look, and this is the thing, it's not hyperbole because if you look at Kawhi's playoff numbers, all right, the last time Kawhi was in the playoffs, let me just read you this. Um, if I can actually find the stat so line, while here. he finds it, here's here's what I'm saying though. Like 
in the playoffs, obviously the minutes are going to bump up. Yeah. The usage rate is going to bump up. And he's already like putting up 30 points a game pretty much per night, just playing what he's playing at right now. Mm-hmm. So that's like his baseline. Yeah. Like, and you can talk about like, you know, defenses are going to scheme against him, et cetera, et cetera. But it's Kawhi Leonard. All right. So I found the stats. So Kawhi's last playoff run, 2016-17, the Spurs made it to the Western Conference Finals. Kawhi famously had um, the Warriors up like 21 points before Zaza slid his foot under him, and then the Spurs got swept. In that playoff run, Kawhi averaged 28 points a game, 8 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 1.7 steals, shooting 52% from the field, 45% from three, and shot 8.5 free throws per game at 93% clip. Now, if you just zoom out and look at just the first round series against Memphis, which was a really good series. Memphis, that was probably the last year they were respectable. Um, Kawhi in that series averaged 31 points a game, six rebounds, shot 55% from the field, 48% from deep, shot 10 free throws a game. That was when uh, Fizdale went. Take uh, that for data. Take that for data. You're not going to How many shots did Kawhi average per game like that series or in the playoffs that year? In the in the playoffs that year, he averaged about seventeen shots a game. I'm thinking he's gonna be like twenty plus with the Raptors. I mean, he's already at nineteen right now in this season with the Raptors. So, so that's gonna go up. Yeah, I I, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't. Um, I agree with you in the top three. Those guys are, are there's two champions right there. Uh, a Finals MVP, a former Defensive Player of the Year. Like even Marcus Stahl, I wrote about it. Like you know, like the returns on it. It's not like it's disappointing, but it hasn't been like necessarily a home run. Because, you know, JV's also played really well. But at the same time, like, I do trust him a lot more, especially. Like, it's something that um I think Eric Spolster said before the Heat game was, like, Gasol gives the Raptors another guy who's not sick at sea during a short shot clock situation in, a like, a clutch scenario. And, like, I mean, how many times have we seen it with the Raptors, right? Like, in a tight scenario, they get kind of tight as a team. So um, I'm happy to have Kawhi. I will take the next pick. Um, and... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Kyle Lowry, and here's the thing: I, I know Kyle Lowry's got a lot of flack. And apparently, Kyle also spoke about this yesterday at practice. He talked he talked to uh, Bruce Arthur of, of the Star, um, and and he sort of defended himself. Like, look at my stats after that. Remember that whole like the playoff Lowry thing really became a thing when he locked himself in the gym, and it was like 1 a.m. and he had his, his yeah. That was after on. the game one loss to the Miami Heat, right? And he was shooting round. like 30 percent at the time. And I saw the stats like since then. In the playoffs, he's like 40% from three, right? Yeah, 40% from three. Like last year, he averaged like 17 points a game, mm-hmm. eight assists. Um, it didn't prevent the Raptors from getting swept, but he was much better in that series than just about any other Raptor, yeah. to be honest. So uh, I'm going to go with Kyle. And I think especially now that Kyle's in this role where his scoring isn't as imperative for him, like I'm never going to have to see Kyle squeak through a double team and then throw up a floater over Kevin Garnett and you know Paul Pierce in the lane right like it's not even about the players involved there it's just about that Kyle shouldn't be the guy in that situation that has to create that shot for you if you're relying on Kyle to specifically score that's too much that's that's and if you have Kawhi that's if you have Kawhi you got Pascal you got even Mark like I'm not as worried about Kyle having to do that thing that's the thing it's not to downplay what Kyle needs to do in the playoffs but it's not like you said it's not gonna be about his numbers right like I think you want Kyle to to be healthy making shots and the other thing is like once Nick gets rid of the all-bench lineups permanently, you want Kyle to be the guy who lifts those other lineups, right? Like when he's out there with the four bench guys and things like that. So, you know, that's what I want Kyle to do in the playoffs. And I feel like getting Kawhi is going to make Kyle better in the playoffs because he doesn't have to do all those other things that you're talking about, right? Yeah, for sure. Cause, and he, that's the thing. He's always been very, very good. Even when he struggled with his shot, he would always contribute. You check the plus-minus numbers and every all that time. stuff, right? And that's the thing. That's what the plus-minus numbers there are capturing is the fact that Kyle is still giving you great effort defensively. Mm-hmm. He's still setting the, the, the pace, still playing defense, stuff like that. Okay, so we got the, the top four trustworthiness. Who's your fifth player? Uh, fifth player, I think I'm going to go with Pascal. You're going with Pascal. Yeah. Do you now, agree with that? Actually, can I change that? Okay, yeah, sure, sure. I'm going to go with Fred. You're going to go with Fred? Wow. Okay. Uh, explain Fred over uh, Pascal in this case. Well, it's not really like Fred over Pascal. It's just more, I think I think Fred's got the skill set that's going to pay off in the playoffs, and he looks healthy now. And obviously, last year, he had to come back from an injury mm-hmm. on a quarter, pretty quick turnaround in the playoffs, and he basically wasn't himself, right? For the first right. couple of games, like it seemed like every shot, he was like hurting himself just to like launch them. So well, well, I mean, the Raptors had to get <laughs> sixty wins, you know, so yeah, badly. I don't want to talk play. about that Miami game. Yeah. Um. God. So, 
I, I just think there's a level of trust with Fred. You know, he's always been one of those guys too when he's out there on the floor in the fourth quarter. Like you can talk about things that Fred does well and doesn't do well, but when it comes to shot making and things like that, and just not being afraid of the moment. Mm-hmm. I know that stuff is like cliche sometimes, but like you see that in guys. And it's I a f- mentality. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like Fred has that. Like if Fred is out there on the floor in the fourth with some of these other starters, like I'll feel pretty good in the playoffs. So by I'm not saying like Pascal is not, but like, you know, Fred's a guy that I think is going to be one of the stabilizing guys in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. The only thing I would say about Fred is that um, in the playoffs, it's like more physical. And I I feel like a guy like Fred, because of his like height and size, like it might affect his game a little bit. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, since Fred's come back from injury and he's going to be completely fresh, he's looked like a completely different player. So I'm not going to. Might be a little I'm, recency bias here with yeah. me too, seeing how Fred has been lately. But maybe I mean, I mean, he's crossed out Russell Westbrook recently. Paul George, like, mm, he's, he's but like even nice going moves. into the, even going into the playoffs last year, yeah. you know, I was telling everyone, I'm like, yo, Fred's going to be a difference maker. Yeah, Fred's he's, gonna, he's gonna be Mike, he's gonna be like Mike Bibby on the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> okay, no, because no, okay, that was like exaggeration, but like. You know, like, Mike, the, the reason I make that comparison uh-huh. is because, like, on those Kings teams, everybody was so shook right? when it came down to crunch time. And Bibby was the only guy who wasn't. And okay. last year, how many guys were shook? How many shook guys? Like, this list would have been a lot different last year. Man. First of all, all three guys on that list weren't here last year that we put at the very top. Mark's only been here, like, three weeks, four yep. weeks. And he's already shot up to number one. Uh, yeah, I trust Mark. I trust Mark. Um, it's the basketball IQ thing, right? Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. That's something that Kyle also talked about on the Danny Green pod. Which, but just listen to that thing. Right? I'm telling you, I'm <laughs> yeah, not. I'm how not, many promotions do you have to do per podcast? I have a. I actually have a contract that uh, <laughs> stipulates that. No, I'm kidding. No, seriously, that that episode was great. But he, uh, Kyle, talked about it with Danny. He's like, he was just like, I'm so impressed with how much basketball IQ is on the team. It's just never happened before because the one thing was the Raptors were younger, but also it's just the Raptors didn't have intuitive players like this or if they did it would be guys like louis scola who couldn't play actual minutes because their bodies were breaking down the one thing i'm concerned about the reason i think you and i are both a little bit skeptical about pascal is because like i felt like there was excitement for him going into the playoffs last year and obviously he wasn't at this level last year but in the playoffs i thought pascal was kind of disappointing especially in the wizard series i thought he got himself into foul trouble like every every single game uh, i'm looking at the numbers around pascal last year per 36 minutes was averaging 5.4 fouls per game so he he couldn't even stay on the floor, right? Now he eventually broke through, and I think he sort of hit a you know he had a there's a bell curve with the whole thing, and it's sort of like all right. So he was at one end of it, and he got, he got better as the year went on. But um, yeah, I mean that's the thing I'm concerned about. But also like you know the one thing I will trust about Pascal is that in this season when the Raptors have had these big games, pressure games, big moments, things like that, national televised games stepped up he has stepped up like you do you looked at that game against that he's had against the warriors you look at games he's had against the celtics recently and you know the sixers and just like the he, loss against the thunder he was great loss too. against the thunder i mean he has been he's he's been excellent and he's been doing everything the raptors needed him to do and and even against the bucks he's had a really good a uh, couple games against the bucks as well so the the thing i'm curious about with pascal like the thing is you know he's going to bring the energy level Right, like I think that's going to be a plus for the Raptors, obviously. But what happens if he misses his first four corner threes? Like, what yeah. happens if that shooting mm-hmm. kind of dips a little bit? And you know, teams are obviously going to ha- give him some of those shots, given the other guys that are on the floor. Right. Like, what's going to happen? Is he going to stop shooting? Like, is that something that's going to like we saw a little bit? I mean, it's not the same case, but like with Demar or even like JV. Remember, JV was shooting a bunch of threes last year, yeah. and everybody wanted to make a big deal out of that. And then I think in the playoffs, it even hit a three. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. No, so obviously, I don't think it's going to be that extreme with Pascal. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what if he goes one for 10 in game one from three? How's that going to translate? Yeah, I hear you. And that, that is a concern I have, too. Um, but I, I do feel like, you know, this is one of the things where at least he's had the entire season to really build up confidence. By the way, JV, two of five from three last year in the playoffs. I take it back. How dare you? How so, dare you? The JV hive is going to be all over you now. JV Hive's still around? Oh, my, they just all oh migrated my, to Memphis? They're actually now just anti-Marcus L. Hive. That's actually part of why I wrote that piece. Because people keep talking about it. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I feel JV like J- Hive has lifted your career with all the clicks that I, they've that, given you. That is true, actually. I should really be thankful. Um, okay, so th- those are, well, I guess we're now at six players. Yeah. We haven't we haven't talked about Serge. Mafuzi Chef. Um, Mafuzi Chef had a great game one in last year's playoffs. <laughs> 
against the Wizards, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember like I, I was in the basement of the Doc Ellis screaming with my boys and being like, yo, look at this playoff surge. He told us he's gonna do it, and he had like 32 and 12 against Marching Gortat, and then he he had like I remember you, I just he had more you, more turnovers than rebounds. You, I think for the rest of the series, you tweeted that like <laughs> f- after every game, you're like, so uh, Serge, he's got some he's got some turnovers. Yeah, Serge Serge's faded last year, which is kind of concerning because Serge has, also has a track record. He's also a guy like what we mentioned of the thir- first three. Like he's a battle tested guy. He's gone to the finals before, gone to the Western Conference Finals. He's been in a lot of battles and he's performed too. And it's just it was so shocking to see him you know fall off like that last year. So if you assume, do we agree that Mark is probably going to start in the playoffs in most matchups? Yeah. yeah. So against the, I think against the Celtics, um, Serge starts. But yeah, but no. we, the Celtics will be eliminated in the first round, so that won't be mm. an issue. Yeah. So if Serge is coming off the bench, I think that's that's either a good or bad thing. You know, if he's in a more limited role, he can come in and maybe change the game a little bit. You know, whether it's with his rim protection mm-hmm. or you know with some giving him. I think you were the one who said you should give him. They should give him a few more touches. Yeah, exactly. Like, but he you can't to, ask him to sacrifice the yes. starting role immediately and then just come off the bench and only get garbage buckets. Yeah. that's too much. And I assume he'll be playing with Kyle Moore in the playoffs. Yep, for sure. Which you know is going to make him much better on the offensive end. So I don't know. I, I definitely you know there's reasons why, like you outlined, why we didn't put Surge mm-hmm. on our top five or six in the trustworthiness. But it's nice to have someone with his skill set come off the bench. That is true. 15, 20 minutes a game, right? Uh, you want to pick the next guy? Who who else do we have? OG or Norm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wow, you didn't even mention Jeremy Lin? He doesn't get a mention? He's he's going to be great. Yeah, He's going to be great on kids. You know what? Games. I'll go with Norm. Yeah. I feel like Norm's really inconsistent, like you said. I mean, but playoff Norm is a thing. Playoff Norm is a thing, and like yeah. Norm... Norm is going to like impact at least one game in the playoffs positively. Wow, <laughs> I feel like. But I also said that Jeremy Lin's going to hit the game-winning shot in like the Eastern Conference Finals. So, okay, are you well, picturing that right now? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't wait. I'm, <laughs> and then I'm they play so every day. Excited. I'm shuffling at the arena. I, that has to stop. That has to stop. I don't understand why they're doing that. Um, but yeah, that, that has to stop. <laughs> yeah, Game Ops needs to consult me, man. Honestly, consult Will and I. Yeah, definitely. Just let Will and I run, like basically, like any Asian, anything a- Jeremy any, Jeremy Lin related. Okay, you were gonna say anything Asian? Yeah, anything Asian related. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not thinking that big. Well, yeah. just Lin related. No, you got to stick it out right now. Um, yeah, here's the thing with Norm. All right, remember in the Milwaukee series, he got put into the starting lineup, and he averaged in the last four games of that series where the Raptors went three and one to close it out. He averaged 14 points a game. He shot. 56% from the field, 90% from three. Now, he's not going to shout 90% on anything going forward, but uh, it's still no, worth mentioning that he shot 90% from three and was a huge difference maker in that series. Now, granted, he was replacing Damari Carroll, who was very much broken down with a knee thing and also apparently uh, locker room trust issues that he couldn't overcome. But um, I feel like uh, Norm Norm does have a gear in the playoffs, and I feel like Norm and OG to some extent, and obviously OG's the last guy we're probably going to talk about, but... Um, they're going to have to actually play a role with the team, especially if they do play more small ball, right? Because we mm-hmm. saw against, um, you know, the Hornets, like the whole comeback was, you know, predicated on the fact that you have a guy like Pascal who's so talented, he can so energetic, he can play small ball five. But in order to do that, you need another wing to go with it. And you can't really buy actual minutes in the playoffs if you have a super tiny backcourt of Kyle and Fred Van Vliet. And so, you know, you kind of need one of these guys. And, and really, I'm just talking about Norm. Or OG to pop and give you reliable minutes if you're ever going to that small ball group. And I feel like out of the two of them this season, I might actually trust Norm just a little bit more than OG. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And it's the thing with OG. He actually played real well in last year's playoffs too. Like he had that. That's the thing. That's the thing with OG. I think again, I'm basing a little bit just based on his performance this season. Is that OG was not afraid of the moment at all, and no. he was making good. He was making shots. Remember Markeith Morris? I think. Tried yeah. to get at him a little bit, and yeah, OG he, was not rattled at all, and then they just left him alone. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll count on OG. I'm just not sure. Like you said, like he needs to play within his own game. Right. And, 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 Which and is that's what he did the concern for me. Year. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, if he does that, then I think he'll be fine. Yeah, for but sure. But we'll see. Yeah, if we can get last year's OG in this year's playoffs, that'd be great. OG last year's playoffs um, obviously had that 20 point game when the comeback against Cleveland before LeBron hit that. Uh, you know, floating dagger over. Yeah, him. I wish that didn't happen for like 
many reasons, but, but also because OG had such a great game. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you had a coach that uh, told the team to trap LeBron or double LeBron or anything, you know, I mean, it's not like LeBron was going to get the ball. How could you see LeBron getting the ball in the last play of the game like that? And uh, why would you, why would you send OG to pressure him full court and one on one coverage? It's uh, these are decisions that people make. But uh, yeah, OG was great in the playoffs last year. I mean, even aside from that game, I mean, he still averaged eight points a game, shot fifty six percent from the field. 45% from three. And, like, he wasn't taking a lot of shots, but he stayed within himself. He played mm-hmm. within the offense, and he played great. So, And I think sometimes for players, when the playoffs start, it's kind of like a fresh slate, like clean slate for them. Exactly. So I think when the playoffs start for OG, like, he can kind of just leave this whole season behind. Yeah. Stop trying to do, like, it's random a- jab steps into, like, little, you know, like, every time he spins, I'm like, no, nah, this is it's not going to go well. Yeah, and I don't know if you talked about this on, like, another podcast, but it's like, that might be the one thing that will really pay off with Nick playing all these different lineups and putting these guys in right. different roles. It's like, okay, like the roles are going to be more defined when the playoffs start and these guys are going to be comfortable in those roles and also adjusting to playing with different guys as they go, right? Yeah, exactly. I, would, I wouldn't mind, though, if that those roles were defined like now. Well, I was know, I, to be honest, I thought they were going to start being defined like after the All-Star break. <laughs> Yeah, but I know like injuries got in the way, and they've shuffled in like new players. Yeah, every day he's shuffling, man. I hate that song, man. I hate that song. I hate that it's for Jeremy. <laughs> we need to come up with like ten song suggestions. Yeah, that we'll just tweet out. Yeah, and see if we have enough clout that suddenly the song's going to change. When, I've, been, when, I've, when I've been watching some uh, Asian but, Asian dramas on Netflix, so I actually have some Asian. But songs is this worth the fight? Like, how many baskets is Jeremy going to score in the playoffs? Oh, come on, come on! How dare you, man! Yeah, not, ma- not many, not many, not many. Well, Jeremy, we're pulling for Yo, you. We're, we're all Jeremy, rooting man. for you, man. We're, there's seriously, no, there's no I will always root for Jeremy. supporters of Jeremy yeah. than Will and I. Then, well, actually, there's millions of them well, yeah, that definitely. are bigger than us. And, and they're, they're all signing a petition to the NBA that Jeremy's not getting enough foul calls and there is a conspiracy. But um, no, man, I mean, I was so excited. I was literally hopping on a flight to Columbia and I was like, let me quickly before the flight takes off and I'm like out of the range for mobile data to punch out four quick points. And then while I was on the flight, which was like a four point, it was like a five hour flight from Pearson to Bogota. It was like, I just spent like half that flight writing more points about Jeremy off preloaded, like actual like basketball reference pages I had for Jeremy just to gas him up. And then, uh, it's, it's been disappointing. It's been disappointing, but there's still, I, I wouldn't still trade time. it for the world. I still root for you, Jeremy. Yeah. Okay, we're going to finish the show by taking some Twitter questions. Uh, I told people that uh, they should send questions about how hungry are you. So there's a lot of how hungry are you questions. So we'll probably zoom through this, all right? First one from Karn Sharma. Three players around the league you would like to see on how hungry are you? Uh, Marquise Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, good. James Johnson. James. Robin Lopez. Steven Adams. Actually, I think Steven Adams, like seriously, Steven Adams yeah. has been well documented to be just a guy who just eats insane mm-hmm. amounts of portion of food and you know him and Serge have a uh, relationship going back to yeah. the time so I think that would be cool and on, in the same vein I would say uh, Russell Westbrook yeah because I think like you said so much of that show is about seeing these athletes in a different light even if it's just for like a 10 minute thing um, I would love for Russ to have a conversation with Serge and Serge is the type of guy that you, when you have a conversation with like you're probably more willing to open up and joke around and talk about things. Yeah, for you sure. know what? I'll wrap it up with uh, KD and KD. Okay, yeah, there you and go. KD. Just have, you know what? Have, Actually, have I don't Jim know Harden if, on there too. I don't know Ever? if anyone can make KD like cool. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So let's go, James Harden. KD's already got his own YouTube channel where he just uh, sits in his living room. And, oh, is this the boardroom? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. This no, is like it, no, no, no. There's another thing he does where he like sits in a. He just like sits at home on his lazy boy and then like pulls up an iPad and starts talking about like, man, John Morant. He's uh, he's good right here. Look at that hezzy Jimbo. And then, like, you'll just, like, go through these high school players in the back. I thought it was actually pretty useful. Yo, but shouts to... Because um, I didn't know most of those guys. Yo, for, for all the NBA players and their managers listening to this, mm-hmm. um, you know, should holla at me more, man. Like, I feel like a lot of yeah, yeah. athletes sometimes want to show uh, the fans a different side of them. But there are ways to do it. Like, you need someone that is connected to, to yes, the fans. Definitely. That's connected to, like, what people online are talking about mm-hmm. and what people actually care to see right yeah and i think sometimes if you're only working with your own inner circle yeah you lose sight of that exactly it's an echo chamber because a lot of people can just be like like that's how that's how the boardroom got made with (laughs) katie well if you use katie as an example with like uh rich clayman 
yeah, yeah, climbing. climbing, yeah. Like you, like they only know so much mm-hmm. about the audience, right? Mm. Like they all just think, oh, we'll just put KD on and it'll be interesting, right? But it's you'll be surprised. It's like people put out like Players Tribune essays and things like that. There's an appetite for that, but it's also got to be interesting. Exactly. It's not like everyone's gonna be like, oh my god, like this person, this athlete has his own YouTube channel. And he's filming himself going around. Yeah. That doesn't inherently make it interesting just because that person is famous. You need to be actually showing things. Right. So. Yeah. Fame only gets you in yeah, the door. Anyways, that's that's my pitch of, of um, for every NBA player to hire me. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I, can't, I can't wait till you're scripting Pat Makasha next year. Uh, I'm actually only going to take how hungry are you questions. Shankar asks, is the Kawhi episode dropping before 11.50 p.m. on June 30th? How crazy would it be if he announced... On how hungry are you that I'm 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 resigning and then he bites into, I don't know. I even know. I'm, Listen, I'm, if that happened, I, w- I would have broken all rules and leaked it already. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm ruining a. Uh, yeah, I'm already Asian and I, I'm starting to run out of like weird food parts to think about. Like it, sometimes it's just like stomach, like intestines. Like, does anything? Is there anything you won't try? No, I think the the craziest things I've ever eaten was like I ate a bag of crickets. Like it literally was. Oh, cicadas. And it was like season and things like that. That doesn't even like when I hear that, that doesn't gross me out. It like, was like a bulk, it. it was like a bulk barn, and it was like it's you just crunchy. got a bag. It's yeah, it was crunchy. Um, it was weird. I mean, to freak people out a little bit, but it was weird that the legs were a little bit like they would stick a little bit. It's like almost like you're getting your teeth flossed. Yeah. But uh, no, it was actually it tasted pretty. As good. long as it's not moving. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Although we we do like that too. What do we eat that's moving? I, I went to this uh, restaurant in Scarborough once where I hope people are still listening to the podcast. We'll talk more <laughs> Raptors, but I went to this restaurant in Scarborough once where um, I think the way like the Chinese people like to eat some of the food is like um, how fresh it is yeah. and fresh is like proximity to life. Mm-hmm. And so the chef was able to like prepare and cook the body of the fish while the head was still kind of alive. So when it was served at the table, like the head was still kind of moving. And now this is normally what not what I would normally eat, but I don't know. It was fine. It tasted like regular fish. It didn't really taste extra life in there. Um, the next one from Kawhi Leonard. Do you think Surge can bake a cake better than the cake Kyle Lowry has? Wow. That's There's also all- that's also addressed on the next episode of Inside the Green Room. Well, I also think if I were to suggest an alternative show that Surge should do is mm-hmm. he should start doing like a competition show. Like he should start cooking and baking and doing things against other people. Yeah. Okay. Whether it's real chefs or, or players. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's Hire me. Yeah. Surge. Uh, next one from Raps Fan 1237. What would be the top five Canadian foods you would want to put on How Hungry Are You um, that other cultures would find absurd? So I guess we're trying to flip the perspective. Oh, so like bit. poutine? Yeah. Here's the thing Is poutine actually Canada's national dish? Because that's kind of disappointing, you know? Like Canada has some good cooking, and poutine is just kind of a mess. Yeah, but that's the first thing you think of when people say Canadian food, though. Yeah, that's true. It? Yeah. It's like that or maple syrup or... Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, I can't really think of five. How many Canadian foods are there? Beaver tails? Oh, yeah, beaver tails. But that's, not, that's not absurd. Overrated. It's just like a... What? Beaver tails are good. What are Novelty. you talking about? I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I, I don't think there's a lot of signature Canadian foods. Maybe we're wrong. Roll on. So him and Jeremy talked about rolls on. So Jeremy's got a rolls on, or Serge was trying to pitch. Serge has recommended rolls on. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I'll say this. Okay, I was really happy to find out Serge was going to rolls on, but then when I saw his order, it, it was kind of disappointing. First off, he went to rolls on but didn't order dim sum, which is, I didn't even know that was possible. And um, and he was getting like fried rice and like Chinese broccoli and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a disappointing order, you know. Serge has talked about how why he appreciates rolls on is because the way he grew up. Like a yeah. lot of times, like sometimes he would have to go to restaurants and actually beg them for food um, just because of the way he grew up in the surroundings that he was in. So like he really appreciates just not just like the high end restaurants mm-hmm. and the five star places that he can go to. And he, I think there's like a familiarity and he, he just likes the feel of probably just Chinatown in general. Yeah, probably. And like dealing with the staff at Rolson and things like that. So shouts to Rolson. Rolson should do something yeah, with yeah. the Raptors. Yeah, definitely. Like the Rolson practice facility? Because Masai already did a... He already had Mama Land catered, which... Um, shout out Mama Land by, <laughs> by Landsound Station. Yo, OVO Rolson collab? Yeah, I can't wait, man. Are you kidding me? I'm first in the Asians already are the only people who like overspend on OVO sweaters. Yeah, so. Overspend in anything, actually. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's how the economy We overspend and underspend, but this is not 
the podcast. That's true. That's true. There's two types of Asians. Um, there's Crazy Rich and then the rest of us. But uh, all right, next one from William. Will we see Masai on the show? Or will he be asked and instead send Bobby in his place? That's probably what would happen if Masai was asked. I think Serge <laughs> is done filming for the season. Okay. Is the thing. That's so fair. he's got to focus on So blast. we'll see how all the all the things play out next season if Serge is still around. Maybe that'll happen. Mm. Uh, some questions. Beef heart ain't that bad. I mean, yeah, I don't. It, think it looked pretty f- good, to be honest. I honestly don't think any of the food is bad. Okay, the fish eyes was weird, the and, and the lamb brains. Too. I'm not. I, I I'm a little bit skeptical. I'm a little really? bit leery of brains. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I might need to talk to my parents, but I've been conditioned where like I never find these foods to be like. I never hesitate to try them. I don't find them gross. I just find them strange, like to eat a brain. But I just always wish there was like a bowl of rice there that I could eat it with. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. You can write it. You can write it into the next show. Um, so I think we're mostly done with the How Hungry Are You questions. We'll take uh, one more actual basketball one. This one from Matt. Uh, what has more to do with Jason Tatum's poor sophomore season? Practicing with Kobe or Danny and Kawhi's double block in game two of the season? First oh. off, one of the great moments in Raptors history. I forgot about the double block. It's been that a long season. That was incredible. That was like the first like actual test the Raptors had. That's going to be the first scene of the Raptors championship DVD. Yeah, definitely. I think I would go with that because, you know, the Kobe thing is funny to talk about, but didn't Kobe work out with Giannis too? Yeah. Kobe works out with everybody. Yeah. yeah. So double block. Double block got Jason Tatum shook. Remember when... Um, and Kyrie's bad energy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Kyrie's bad energy is... I can't wait for his... Yeah. Psychic Kyrie. After the career, he just like opens like a $20 fortune teller store. Um, but do you remember when Ben McLemore asked uh, Kobe and he was he tweeted out and he was like, Kobe, I'm still waiting for my Mamba challenge and just never got an answer. Did Kobe acknowledge it at all? No, never. Because like that was your Kobe was like, I challenged like Demar to rediscover his roots, and like I challenged Giannis to be the MVP, and I challenged like Isaiah. Th- he even challenged Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, and then Isaiah ben- Thomas was popping though. Yeah, that's true. He was popping. And then Ben McLemore was like, "What's up?" And then Kobe just said nothing. That's nothing. You, to that's him. why you never reach out to people online at risk of just being like, like they just don't respond. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, all right, and then last question. From uh, Sugar Danny, when is he going to feature on an MC Gin track? I'm, I'm assuming that's you. <laughs> so, I, I I rapped over some tracks, you know, back in high school, yeah. um, that I can still probably find on cassette sites that probably don't exist anymore. Oh, okay, there's an MP3 file out there of me rapping over some Drake instrumentals. Wow. I I wanted once to do remake his whole So Far Gone album, but all the lyrics were Popeyes related. This is actually a real story. All Asian immigrants do the same. So I did that. I recorded a track over his intro instrumental called Fireworks. And then I posted it on the Popeyes Canada Facebook page. This is a real story. And then they sent me uh, some swag. This was like when I was in high school, possibly university. And now you're doing this. Might have been 30 years old. Yeah. And now you're, you're, yeah. you're, helping, you're helping start the show. And now I'm an esteemed guest on raptors over everything that's right shout out joe wolfon shout out joe wolfon one more time um i think that does it for the podcast thanks to alex aka steven lebron um steven underscore lebron by the way follow him on twitter steven underscore lebron follow him on instagram what's more important instagram or, or twitter at this point uh neither i'm good i just want to like live my life wow yeah. okay fine uh d- didn't you get a huge surge in followers after uh you broke the whole thing the quiet appearance yeah a little bit it's cool but yeah doesn't matter. I just want to live my life, be happy, live, laugh, love. Wow. All right. Well, that's, uh, that does it for the podcast. Once again, thank you for listening to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. As a reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps a lot uh, with the success of the show. I think right now we're like number two in the charts. It's very temporary, but I'm very much enjoying the, the love that it's getting. So if you have enjoyed the reaction podcast or the recap podcast that comes out every week, uh, usually on Tuesdays, um, please consider supporting the show. So, Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.